Welcome to Relationship Psych, the podcast, helping you understand how love turns to anger and even hate. Through the episodes, you will learn how to transform doomed relationships into exciting, intimate, and long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Amber Dawson. I'm a psychologist, author, and speaker. A few of my favorite things are my husband, Grapes, and my adorable little dog, Riggs. Now let's learn how to create a soul-crushing love that lasts. Hit subscribe in your podcast app so that simply by listening, you can learn to create a strong relationship. Relationships like the podcast is not meant to diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure any mental health or relational issue. For treatment, talk to a mental health or relationship professional in your area. On today's episode, we're talking all about the communication mistake that is preventing you from being heard and what to do to fix it. Finally, we can be listened to. So if you want to feel close, connected, heard, respected, understood, and like you matter, This is the episode you have been waiting for. To feel really heard, there are certain communication styles that put a dead halt on being understood. I mean, if you're thinking, yeah, okay, I know that, or maybe you have listened to episode five, Four Doomed Communication Patterns, you already know there are things that are going to put a dead halt on being understood. But rest assured, there are ways to recreate connection and set yourself up to be listened to. The truth is, if you're with your partner for any period of time, eventually they will disappoint you, hurt you, or make you mad. Well, that's pretty normal. Although these emotions cause displeasure, if we can master how to communicate, these irritations can become blips on the radar, rather than catastrophic fights leading to massive disconnection or the silent treatment leading to days of not talking. Let's examine a TV show. In the TV show Heartland, yes, it's called Heartland, so you can imagine in this show they're capturing matters of the heart and sometimes show an overly simplistic or easy love. Although in the show there are breakups and divorces, two of the main characters of the show, Amy and Ty, fall in love as teens. When Amy is young, her mother, a renowned horse trainer, passes away. Amy cares for her mother's horse and begins to heal through the work with the horse. The family also takes on a young troubled boy named Ty who starts doing well on the farm and he too is healed through the work with animals. The two fall in love and through heartbreaks growing up and pursuing dreams and working together to save a lot of horses, the two eventually get married. And you see them just like many couples making dreams for their future. Ty has dreams of becoming a vet and Amy dreams of becoming a horse trainer and together they dream of running a business. After the birth of their first child, as is typical of real life, things become more difficult between balancing personal time, their careers, and being parents. In season 12, episode one, you can see the scene of a messy house. Ty shoveling food in his mouth, eating over the sink as he calls out to his wife, while his mouth is still full. Okay, I gotta go. She doesn't respond. The scene then shows her in the bathroom, taking a deep breath, looking around. You see her filled with displeasure. 
Ty comes to ask her what's wrong. She explains that he never has time, that she never has time, that between parenting, helping train her niece on horses, and working with clients, she's feeling like she's leaning on her grandfather too much to help with their child. Ty validates her feelings, saying he knows it's hard, but she protests that he doesn't because he still gets to go get up and go to work. He explains it's his job, and she defends, like, what about her job? He kisses her, tells her he, he knows it's important, but he has to go. She rolls her eyes, disengages, and echoes, you gotta go. He starts walking out the door when she calls out after him, Ty, as she follows him to the stairs. He turns to her. She says it's not who they are, that they said they wouldn't be the traditional family, that the mom stays home and the dad goes to work and they would share things. He defends, we are. She retaliates, no, we're not, Ty. Their daughter runs over, he picks her up, gives her a kiss and hands her off to Amy saying, I'll be back soon, okay? Now looking at this, Actually, their communication here isn't bad. Nothing too terrible has happened. But we can see some communication patterns that are getting in the way of them connecting and understanding each other. A difficult transition for most parents is a new child, managing responsibilities and being able to talk about it. Common patterns that, okay, this is an overgeneralization, but also supported in literature. A common pattern is a wife complaining and a husband defending or leaving. The key sense in this conversation is the idea that they're not in this together, that they wish they were a team, but they're not. In her book, Hold Me Tight, Sue Johnson explains the role of team. She outlines the concept R. Are you with me? Now, this is an acronym. The A is for accessible, breaking down to, can I get you if I need you? R is for responsiveness. Can I rely on you to interact with me on an emotional level? And E is for engagement. You know your partner is in whatever is going on with you, really with you. There's this joint sense of togetherness and team. So are you with me? Are. In this conversation between Ty and Amy, Amy does not feel Ty is accessible. He has to go. Again. We can see that on some level, he's interacting with her on an emotional level. But we also see he isn't when she protests that he does not understand. And we can see that they don't feel like they're in it together, not like they planned. Now, certainly it's not realistic to think that all the ingredients of R will be there all the time. In fact, John Gottman and Nan Silver in their 2012 book, write, if people are honest about how much time they pay full attention to their partner's worlds, 50% would be a generous estimate. We can't expect to always feel like our partner is on our team. Okay, but that would be great, but they're not going to be. But if we come to conversations armed with the knowledge that we need our partner to really hear us, now we can think about how do we show up so they can respond to our emotions and be engaged? We can think about how do we set the stage so our conversations are really primed for success. A major communication style I see in my practice is that people assume that just because they can see their partner or they're kind of talking, their partner is ready to listen. As we heard just a second ago, 50% of the time would be a generous estimate. Even when we're present with our partners, we're kind of half present. 
We're on our phones, there's competing attention with things around us, or we're in our heads. No wonder communication is riddled with misunderstandings, especially about difficult topics. Now, you might think that in this conversation with Ty and Amy, Amy had every right to vent her frustrations to Ty. After all, they had planned to share more, and it seems like he's never home, and she wants to vent her frustrations. Now, certainly, the marriage literature would support them talking about this issue. There are a few considerations that likely would have made this go better for Amy. Now, given that Ty was running out the door, she could say, you're right, Ty, I am upset. I would like to talk. Can we schedule a time to talk about these things so I can get them off my chest? Or you're right, Ty, I'm not okay. Do you really have time right now to hear me? Now, should she have engaged in these two lines, she would be checking in to say, are you accessible? And yes, Ty did give the illusion he was there, but he was really still on his way out the door and he wasn't accessible to her. Alternatively, Ty could have said, hey, I can tell you're upset. Can we talk about this later when I can really give you my undivided attention? Let's pull out the calendar and let's schedule a time so I can really hear you. It's the joint responsibility of both partners to make sure you are really free, clear, and primed to listen. If you're not, I'm sure. Like Amy, you're left feeling like you don't matter, you're disrespected, and there you are, on your own, again. Where Ty likely feels disrespected, misunderstood, and overly criticized. So let's talk about the R. The the second, the A-R-E, the responsiveness. The can I rely on you to interact with me on that emotional level? Now this is a hard one, since individually we all do emotions differently. And in particular, now men have different views on how to interact with emotional topics than women do. Is it nature? Is it nurture? Well, who knows? So it's important to manage expectations. Equally, we have to know what we want. Now, many men want things to be more neutral, more calm, and there are their responsiveness means they want the woman to match their emotional bandwidth, which is a little more neutral. So you may have heard a guy saying, calm down, or can you be more logical? Whereas contrast this with a woman who feels much more comfortable, easily navigating a huge emotional range, and they can feel very frustrated when their partners can't do it with them. It's important to remember, if you can adapt your emotional style to more closely match your partners, conversations usually have better outcomes. So no women, I'm not saying you can't feel. Just think about how do you keep it a little bit more between the lines-ish, and if you go outside the lines, don't go too far. And men have to work on tolerating a larger emotional range, um, which feels a little icky for them. So it's about how do you meet a little bit more in the middle, because probably you're not both going to get your way. It's really about how do we think about getting both partners' needs met, which sometimes I know doesn't seem fair. But soon as we are with in a relationship with an entire other person, yeah, a lot of the time we're not going to get our way 100%. In this case, Amy actually does a pretty okay job here. While she was emotional, her emotions were in a range that still likely left her somewhat approachable. Many clients tell me they think they should be able to express their displeasure. Well, I agree. The key here is in how you express your displeasure. Like, what do you want to get out of it? If you swear at your partner and if you yell, oh my gosh, well, how does that make you look? 
probably scary. And it's this big, huge warning say, sign that says you are not safe. Closeness is not safe right now. But in a neutral way, if you say, I feel hurt, I feel like I don't matter and you're not around, your partner might not like what you have to say, but they're not probably going to feel as threatened. So the key to complaining is keeping the atmosphere safe for your partner to stay responsive. And it did seem like Ty wanted to engage. He just wasn't free. He wasn't accessible in that moment. Now with the E in the R, with the engagement, it's pretty clear that in this episode, neither felt like the other was in it with them. Now it makes sense when you think back to the A, accessible. This all started with Ty not being free and him having to go to work. The key takeaway is that for communication to be effective, your partner first has to be accessible. Just because you get home from work at the end of the day and you see your partner cutting veggies at the island does not mean they are free just because you have laid your eyes on them. Many of us assume, because I can see you, you must be accessible. I do that with my partner all the time, ignoring the fact that he has his headphones on his ears and this is his way of letting me know he is not free. But it doesn't stop me from trying to talk to him while he's watching noise-canceling headphones. Sometimes it's important to have conversations just about when to talk and how to do that. Now, the Gottmans have names for these kinds of conversations, like the State of the Union, where couples get together to discuss issues or plans. They also have another name for a different kind of conversation, a stress-reducing conversation, where you have to vent, there's things going on, and just ask your partner, hey, can we have a stress-reducing conversation? Now, these are nice little frames to put around conversations to ensure that both parties know what the intention is of the conversation and to make sure your partner is actually free. So next time you want to talk, start with saying something like, babe, are you free? Or something is stressing me out right now. Can you listen? Or I feel frustrated about something. Can we book some time to have a conversation this week? Or hey, sweetheart, I see you have your headphones on. I would like to talk. When can you be free to hear me? Or yeah, I am totally overwhelmed right now. I would like to talk about this, but if I share my heart, can you really, really listen? And I know it might feel unfair when you feel displeasure to have to put a neutral frame around it or check in, but it's kind of thinking about what do you want out of this? Do you want to be right? Okay. Okay. I know a lot of us want to be right. Or do you want to be heard? Because if we also want to be heard and right, we have to put some frame around it where we're setting ourselves up to win. So yes, we might argue that perhaps there is no great time to have difficult conversations, but there's a better time and a worse time. And if you set the stage, you might be more likely to get the outcomes that you actually want. So I hope throughout this episode, I've give you, given you some insights into a main communication mistake that prevents you from being heard. Assuming your partner is accessible when they're not. And one thing to do to finally be listened to is to check in. Hey, are you free? Because one of the biggest secrets to feeling close, connected, listened to, respected, understood, and like you matter is actually making sure in that moment your partner can give their attention. And as we saw from Ty and Amy, Ty wasn't ready. He had to go, leaving her feeling not heard. 
So check it out, set up some time, make sure your partner is accessible and just see with this little step, can you make your communication a little bit better? Thank you for tuning in to Relationship Psych, the podcast put on by Ember Relationship Psychology. If you're looking for more free relationship help or advice that comes straight from the couple's therapy room, check out the free resources and the blog at www.emberrelationshippsychology.com.